The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So hello on the second uh, day, five days of doing, discussing the hindrances. And this is building on the Introduction to Meditation series that just finished with the idea that once you have the basic practice, basic instructions for mindfulness practice, that one of the really important next steps is to understand what interferes or hinders your mindfulness practice. And And that does two things. It helps to settle the things that interfere so it's easier to be present. And, f- and wonderfully, what it does, uh, you learn the art of making what uh, hinders uh, our mindfulness, our steadiness, our calm, to whatever that is, to make it the object of awareness, the object of mindfulness. And anything that can be made the object of mindfulness can be... Um, Uh, can be related to peacefully, can be related to without clinging or hostility. And the beautiful and inspiring thing, at least for me, of this mindfulness practice, that whatever you can be mindful of, there's the possibility of finding freedom in relationship to it. And and to be able to find freedom, anything that in the world of experience means that freedom can be all-encompassing. 360-degree freedom. And uh, it's not an aloofness. It's not a disconnection. It's, in some sense, it's the opposite. It's, it's, uh, it's learning how to not to be entangled so that we can be connected with warmth, with kindness, with love, with goodwill to ourselves and to the world around us. So, but that's an ideal. That's maybe the direction we're going. And so one of the things we need to learn is how to turn the attention, mindfulness, to uh, the ways that we are aversive and um, the ways in which we have ill will or irritation, hostility, annoyance uh, towards uh, ourselves, towards our experience, towards other people, towards the world itself. And, um, and generally in English, the word aversion um, represents some form of hostility or anger or um, some degree or other. And um, like you want to get rid of something in a, in a um, hostile way. And, and, um, and some people... Uh, will walk through the world with an attitude of that kind of hostility, of ill will. They're looking to find, they're looking for what is wrong. They're looking for what is, uh, what to be critical of and angry about. They're looking, they're, they're, it's almost like a atmosphere of aversion they're walking through with, walking in the world with. And some people, it's something that comes up periodically, maybe periodically good part of the day, but it's not an overarching attitude by which we're living. And, um, and it can be quite strong. Certain events can give rise to anger in such a way that we're really um, 
feeling you know, a lot of animosity towards someone else or some situation. And, um, and it could be, uh, some of us sometimes have a certain degree of animosity or ill will, or I don't know if that's exactly the right word, but uh, there's certainly stress and strain and anger and um, eyes that are, have darts in them towards uh, our, our, our computers when they're not, or the technology or what we're trying to do there. We can't figure it out. And um, so it doesn't, it's not, it's sometimes inanimate objects too that we have this with uh, assigning blame, c- c- criticism elsewhere. So these things exist for human beings. And the radical art that we're doing here in mindfulness is to fold this into our mindfulness, meaning this too we're going to be aware of. But not aware of it to participate, but to be aware as if we're stepping back away from it one step, turning around and looking at it and saying, I see you. This is aversion. This is hostility. This is... uh, uh, um, you know, um, the darts of the eyes that are going out to uh, to kind of stare at something and indicate, you know, you are, you know, I'm angry with you. This is how it is. This is how the tension in the body builds up. But we look at it, and we look at it with kindness. We look at it with freedom, with non-reactivity, with, without being caught in its grip, and aversion, wanting to get rid of something or wanting to get away from it because it's so terrible, um, can be uh, a, um, a tremendous stress and strain. It can be a kind of uh, causing harm even to ourselves. And it might not seem that way because what's happening might be like, this is, this is really uncomfortable for me that I'm being harmed by it. But sometimes that's true. But sometimes it's our reactivity, our values, our fear, our um, pride that is being made uncomfortable. That makes us want to, or our desires are not being met. And so somehow, so sometimes we are attached to desires. Desires aren't being fulfilled. Something thwarts it. And so now we're angry at what thwarts our desires. All represents an entanglement. There is a healthy form of aversion. There is a healthy way of saying no that arises out of love. And if the word love is too sweet, too grand, then uh, arises out of goodwill, arises out of a friendliness, a generosity of spirit, arises out of wanting the best for everyone concerned. And um, uh, arises out of a goodness or a uh, or uh, rises out of wisdom, that of, uh, you say, no, uh, I'm not going to be involved with aversion that way. I'm not going to be involved in those thoughts. Or at least, no, I don't condone this. I'm not, I don't want to invest myself in this. Might be able, might, might, might not be able to stop having those thoughts, but I don't have to be those thoughts. I don't have to fall into them and believe them or... Um, you know, and so, but that can be done with love. When there's something that needs to be say, be, we say no in the world, like say no to some other person uh, for what they're doing, uh, can that be done with love as opposed to with hostility and aversion? 
what are we trying to accomplish when we are aversive? What are we trying to accomplish when we have hostility and animosity? Is it simply to protect ourselves and to push the other person away? Is it to uh, retribution, to somehow cause them to feel uncomfortable, for them to get the message and to, to cower or feel hurt or to um, uh, be a little bit more submissive? Or what is it that we're trying to do in the aversive? And is it necessary? Is there a better way? Is there a better way to say no? Is there a way of saying no that doesn't break the connection, doesn't uh, fracture relationships, doesn't um, uh, diminish other people or see them only through the lens of how they are wrong to us, but rather see them uh, as valuable people, as people that it's possible to have a warm, kind, friendly relationship to if they would allow it. But we say no with confidence. But know that keeps the door open. And know that clearly shows that we're willing to be in relationship if they they, um, change, if they are different. But they feel that the no is not angry, is not hostile. And um, so this is not necessarily, this is not easy to do, but uh, the Dharma practice is a Dharma of saying yes to whatever supports freedom in us. Say yes to whatever helps to nourish the best qualities of who we are to come forth in the world. And sometimes that yes requires us to say no to certain things. And um, no, I'm not going to be hostile. No, I'm not going to um, uh, scare this person with my anger. I'm not going, no, I'm not going to shut my, the person down um, with anger in such a way that um, diminishes them or shuts them up. Yes, I would like to be present. Yes, I'd like to say no in a way that um, respects them, where I get care for myself appropriately, but I also haven't shut this person out of my heart. It's easier said than done, but it can be learned. And it can be learned by anybody uh, in a way that we can take care of ourselves. Dharma practice is a practice of taking care of ourselves. And so in the process of doing it, we learn how to say no to making things worse. And if we get our way by being angry or hostile to somebody or something, uh, chances are in the bigger picture of things, we're making the whole thing worse. How do we take care of ourselves and others, how do we take care of things uh, uh, so they're better? This is the art of Dharma practice. And so the simplest formulation of this, that you, a little slogan you can take with you, is don't make it worse. If what you're going to say is going to make the situation worse, don't do it. 
and rather make it better. And over time with Dharma practice, we learn, become wiser and wiser, what the nature of worse is, the full implications of what we do and how it comes back at us and, and affects us and, and, uh, and our relationships. And over time, we also learn what makes it better. And, uh, and to learn to say no to making it worse can be an act of love, not an act of hostility. To say yes to making it better does not have to be greed, does not have to be clinging. Um, uh, but in the, in, in the bigger picture, this yes to what it makes it better is a yes that leaves us more free and protected in a certain way, in a good way. So, um, so may you today uh, explore your relationship to this general category that fit, uh, what, what fits under this general category that I'm calling no. When you have a no attitude to anything, can, that, can you avoid making it worse? Can you avoid that hostility and that no? And if it's necessary to say no, can you explore how do you do it with love, with goodwill? And, uh, and if this is the way you learn to become wise about the second hindrance, the hindrance of aversion, uh, it'll be time really well spent. Thank you.